Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme, John Paul standing by to take your calls at 1850-333-103. Anything you'd like to share with us, we always love to hear from you. You can also text to 086 or WhatsApp to 103103. And we will be talking on the programme uh, this morning about pharmacists who, by all accounts, looking at the papers this morning, struggled yesterday uh, to meet a huge demand for the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 uh, vaccines. Now, there's reports that there is just one jab available for every 10 people on waiting lists and they're the waiting lists that are currently operating in the, I think it's 750 odd pharmacists all over the country. Thousands of people aged between 18 and 34 now are going to face a little bit of a wait. We're trying to find out how long they're going to be actually waiting. Now there are promises of deliveries to pharmacies this week and the vaccines it seems will be, according to the Health Minister Stephen Donnelly will be distributed to the locations with the greatest demand and that will allow people to access the vaccine quickly and they you know and also the big one is to avoid any possible uh, wastage but I'll be interested when they say they'll distribute it to the locations with the greatest demand I don't think there is one pharmacy that has signed up to vaccinate that doesn't have a huge waiting list. Even some of the pharmacies in very rural areas are saying, you know, that they've got quite a waiting list at this uh, stage. Now, there is the possibility and I don't know how many young people are doing this, that some young people may have put their names down in several pharmacies and obviously that's going to affect uh, waiting lists. I did hear of some young people at the weekends who were doing that if they lived in an area say they lived in a large urban town where there might have been four or five pharmacies that were registered for vaccinations and they were emailing or phoning or calling in and getting their names down and that's understandable the idea being that the first pharmacy that rings them to say we have a vaccine available for you they'll take that one now whether they will go back to the other pharmacies and cancel the other ones I don't know but I think that may be a problem that we're going to that we're going to see going forward if a lot of young people have decided uh, to do uh, that and the HSE of course will open registration for this age group the 18 to 34 year olds next Monday the 12th of July and then that will that portal will offer them a Johnson & Johnson or an AstraZeneca vaccine 
but by going on the portal, they'll be going to a vaccination centre. They won't be going to their local uh, pharmacy. They also are the generation that will be also have the, if they want to, they can wait until later and opt for a Pfizer or a Moderna vaccine. But there's no specific date on when the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine will be available to the 18 to 34 year olds. Initially, it looks like it's the Johnson & Johnson and certainly it's going to be the AstraZeneca because we have another probably about 10 days left to go until everybody in the 60 to 69 age group will have had their second doses of AstraZeneca and then all the rest of the available AstraZeneca will then divert to the 18 to 34 year olds uh, instead. So there's a number of ways for that age group that they will be able to access a vaccine. The HSE is now looking, by the way, particularly for the Pfizer and Moderna jabs coming from Romania, they're looking at the logistics of transporting that one million doses of Pfizer from Romania. The regular deliveries, they're handled directly by Pfizer. We put in our order to Pfizer. Well, our order goes in through the EU and then Pfizer deliver them. And we know there's massive logistics around the delivery of the Pfizer jabs because of the temperature that they must be kept at for both delivery and uh, storage. So normally up to this, all of our Pfizer jabs have been delivered directly from Pfizer. But the million vaccines we're buying from Romania, they're already in Romania. Romania bought them from Pfizer. They now, they now realise they're not going to be able to use them and they will go out of date. Irish government stepped in and said, we'll buy them from you. So now the HSE have the headache of they have to come up with a transportation system, ensuring that the temperatures are, are maintained and get those vaccines from the fridges and the freezers in Romania and get them into the Irish freezers uh, instead. So they're working on that at the moment. And we have been told by the HSE that once they arrive, they will be administered very, very quickly. And it seems on this side of it, while they're working out the logistics of the transportation, plans are already being looked at to have vaccination centres open later if needed. I don't know what the by date is on these Pfizer jabs coming from R- Romania but one of the reasons that Romania decided to sell them on was they knew that they were going to they were going to be out of date and they have the vaccine hesitancy uh, over there so we're going to have to get moving on those so we will see I, we will see people called called to vaccination centres I think maybe 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night but you know when we were last looking back in the early days when people were really scrambling and people are still scrambling to get a vaccination appointment we had people saying I'd get up in the middle of the night to go to a vaccination centre if I thought that that was the only time I could get my a vaccine. And the other issue that we've been keeping a close eye on and getting a lot of calls and texts in about is to do with the digital COVID certificate. You know, the one for international travel. If you have been doubly vaccinated or fully vaccinated if you've got a Johnson & Johnson you just get the single shot keep a look out for the postman please because the news is that the digital COVID certificates which will allow international travel will be arriving in your letter boxes in the coming days the government now is ramping up the plans to meet the July 19th deadline that's for international travel we know there was a meeting yesterday with the hospitality sector and the government officials are now saying that the certificate that are going to be posted to vaccinated people in the coming days because of course when you registered for a vaccination they have your full uh, full address because you gave them your postcode so they have your address they're going to be posted out in the coming coming days at that meeting yesterday it was suggested that those certificates that they're sending out could also be used as part of 
a vaccine identification system for pubs, restaurants and cafes for indoor dining. Officials say that the meeting told the meeting that the certs will be sent out. 1.8 million people up to yesterday now have been fully vaccinated and also included in that are people who've recovered from COVID-19. They're going to be receiving their certs in the coming days. An an identification system regulated by the hospitality industry for those who have either been vaccinated or recovered is seen as now the most likely option for the return of indoor dining. So they are definitely sticking with the advice from Neffert that when indoor dining reopens and the plan is that they will reopen on July 19th but it will only be for fully vaccinated people or people who have fully recovered industry sources speaking after the meeting that took place yesterday said it is now unlikely that PCR or antigen testing will be part of the solution. Everyone is accepting it would be overcomplicated and it also would be very expensive to introduce for pubs and for restaurants. However last night government sources are insisting they are still eager for antigen testing to be utilised as part of the plan for easing restrictions on indoor dining but who is going to cover the cost of the antigen uh, testing and it doesn't look like the restaurants or the publicans are going to be in a position that they're going to be able to afford to do antigen testing. Now negotiations are ongoing with the hospitality sector but it has been agreed. They convened the meeting yesterday. They're going to meet again next Thursday where the officials will provide more detail on how a vaccination and immune uh, uh, immunised identification system, how that's going to be implemented. It is hoped then that a final plan can be presented to ministers over the weekend and then it will be cleared by Cabinet next week and then it will be all systems go and ready to roll on the 19th of July. Hospitality representatives were warned though that if an app has to be developed for indoor dining, then that could take a number of months. They were told also, and we spoke about this yesterday, there will be no Garda enforcement of the vaccination passes and it's the industry will be asked to regulate the system itself. But it isn't looking like a nap. And even when we spoke yesterday about if they did manage to de- develop a nap, if they managed to develop a nap very, very quickly. If you were looking at areas, I mean, I straight away thought of a small rural pub that might just be in a blind spot for broadband and maybe apps don't work in a certain area. You can imagine people running around car parks trying to show on their app that they've either been vaccinated or that they're, they're fully recovered from COVID-19. But it seems it would take many, many months because there was a number of scenarios seemingly they presented scenarios to the hospitality sector yesterday and seemingly there was about six scenarios and the very first scenario that was presented that if they did uh, nothing um, but ranging from doing nothing and doing nothing would be right up to banning indoor dining until September the idea would be what Neffert had said you wait until everybody is vaccinated and that's obviously a non-runner for the hospitality industry so it looks like they are very much going to go with the 19th of July but it will be for vaccinated people or people fully recovered from COVID. When I was mentioning the digital COVID certificates that are going to be posted out uh, starting in the next few days uh, we're told and it is now possible that they are going to be used in order to allow people who are fully vaccinated or people who are recovered from COVID to allow them to do indoor dining from the 19th of July. Somebody straight away in says Hi Patricia how would the premises know that you are the person named on the digital COVID certificate if the owner doesn't know you. Well, I take it that's one of the things that's going to be sorted out because when I mentioned they met yesterday, hospitality sector 
and they meet again on Thursday and it's on Thursdays officials are expected to provide more detail on how a vaccine and immunisation identification system can be implemented because absolutely I mean if I've got a, a digital COVID certificate what's to stop me handing it to somebody I know who hasn't been fully vaccinated and let them use that cert in order to get into a licensed premises or to get into a restaurant. Will we be going back to the day a little bit like younger people who have to show a photographic aged ID card where we should be bringing ID with us? I don't know, but let's wait and see what happens because we are told that the Gardaí will not be involved in enforcement when it comes to the vaccine passes. It's going to be up to the industry itself. And just a follow on from yesterday Today. We were talking about ads yesterday and we are going to be going back to that Bank of Ireland ad which has sparked outrage amongst older people because they feel the ad is showing how old elderly people are being forced to dine, downsize out of homes where they have grown up and raised a family and that for many older people they don't want to do that. And yesterday when we were talking about it somebody said what about that their favourite ad at the moment is the three ad. And this is the ad by the way it's called when I looked into it yesterday it's called the farm family farm and it's the it's one of those really really sweet uh, ads and it's the dad the ever evasive dad who's busy on the farm and he's it's the son is on the phone trying to have a video chat with him and the dad is rushing around because he's so busy and so much jobs to be doing and the son is trying to get him to sit down so we can have a chat to see you know how are you how you know how are you doing uh, sort of thing and it's a really really sweet ad and somebody said who is the father in that ad and I said as far as I know I saw it up on Facebook that it was a gentleman who was born here in Mallow and thanks to Eugene Cosgrove well known uh, gentleman in Mallow who had posted up the information about this guy. He, the actor's name is Jimmy Hewson and he was born in Paddy Mars near Lagana Luha in Mallow. Anyone in Mallow knows and he was educated in Mallow Town. As a boy he was descri- described as quiet and shy. His dad was Jimmy Hewson Senior who was a well-known builder in the town of Mallow and gave employment to plenty of uh, locals. And Jimmy the dad in the ad, Jimmy Hewson, he is also, because somebody said, have I seen him in another ad? You have. He was in the Guinness TV commercial that had the catchphrase, do you know the way to San Jose? That was the ad that I think that they brought out during lockdown. Do you remember when the Guinness, wasn't it to do with the Guinness rep going around to the pubs making sure that everybody was uh, okay? Anyway, Jimmy Hewson was in that ad uh, as well. He lives in London, actually. I don't know where it was, it was filmed. I know it was made by a group called Boy Boys and Girls is the name of the company behind it for Three Ireland. So I don't know where it was actually, whether it was filmed in Ireland or not, but he actually lives in London. But Jimmy Hewson is the dad's name. A lot of people finding that one of the best ads at the moment. 1850-333-103, lines open. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. With the government racing to accelerate the country's vaccination programme yesterday saw the start of vaccinations for those aged 18 to 34 administered through local pharmacies all over the country. To see how it's going I'm joined by Mairead Rian who's pharmacist at the Medical Hall in Mill Street. Good morning to you Mairead. Good morning Patricia. And, And thank you for taking our call. I mean the reports are that pharmacies have been overwhelmed by the level of interest from 18 to 34 year olds. Would you agree? Absolutely, Patricia. 
we're we're thrilled to be part of the rollout eventually. We've been campaigning for a long time to be involved in it. Friday morning came as a little bit of a shock because we had no <laughs> advance warning. <laughs> Stephen Donnelly had not told us and the HSE hadn't told us, but like we were totally overwhelmed and delighted to be getting so many young people reaching out to us. Um, I thought we were lucky here in that we're part of the Life Pharmacy Group, so we were able to roll out a, a booking engine quick enough. Brilliant. Brilliant. So people can log on to our Life Pharmacy website and book online with ourselves through that. At the moment, we're totally constrained by the supply. We're getting quite... We're, we are getting supply through. We've got a Janssen delivery this week. We have a Pfizer delivery next week. But we're not getting a huge advance warning on what the quantities are. So I personally feel bad because I feel we're letting a lot of our patients down. We don't... We can't give them an answer when they ring. They're all obviously anxious to be vaccinated and I would love to be able to give everyone a vaccination this weekend or next weekend. But we are doing our very best to work within the constraints that we have to get everyone vaccinated. So do you know the day your delivery is coming? We know that our nas- the national cold chain always delivers to pharmacies in this area on a Thursday. Okay. So we know it's Thursday, but we didn't know until this morning how many of the Janssen vaccine we will get this Thursday. Okay, so but you now have a definite for this Thursday. Yes, exactly. So yes. you you know, and in each little bottle, there's five, isn't it? So in the Janssen, there's five. That's it. And in a Pfizer vial, there's six. Okay, so now you can start to schedule. Do you, so Absolutely. Can, so how many so are you getting Thursday? Can we're getting a hundred this Thursday. Okay, that's a hundred doses. Yes, exactly. Not 100 vials, 100 doses this Thursday. So we are just working through the list here now this morning. We're a hive of activity and we're about to start making the calls to to give people appointments for this Thursday evening and Friday. And will you get through them all Thursday? We will. We'll get that 100 done straight away in the hope that then we'll get a follow-up order the following week. We're definitely getting a Pfizer delivery next week. The last time we got a Pfizer delivery, it was 60. So there's okay. definitely 60 Pfizer doses coming next week. We would hope that will start to increase. Um, I know, uh, speaking to some GPs, a lot of them are anxious to scale back their their output because a lot of them are coming up to summer holidays and taking holidays. Yeah. So that's, I suppose, why they're drafting in pharmacy so strongly now to try and fill that gap. And in fairness, the GPs have been doing it since the start. As you say, the pharmacies, you've been chomping at the bit waiting to go. Absolutely, we have. I mean, we're doing the flu vaccine here for the last 10 years and we've built on that service very steadily. So we're we're only delighted to be adding this to the services we can give our patients. Um, There's room for everyone, you know, that we could never do the amount GPs could do in a day because we can't shut our shops down the way they can shut their surgeries down. Mm but we certainly could be working in conjunction with them since last January or February. Was but there, that's not my decision to make. Uh, absolutely. Was yeah. there a big uptake for the over 50s? Do you know what? There was a lot more than I expected. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Initially, I was very disappointed when I saw the cohort we were being given. But surprisingly, there was quite a lot, even in this quite rural area, who had not been vaccinated. Yeah. Like, I was left out of 50. I only had five left. Wow. Well, well. Yeah. So, I, that that's, quite a lot isn't it in a, in a small yeah, town yeah yeah it Absolutely. is it, it, it is indeed and it's and it and so each pharmacy now because I think is it 750 pharmacies in eight, it isn't every pharmacy for no that first. but a lot of pharmacies initially opted out because it was only the over 50 cohort they were being given they felt that they wouldn't have use of the vaccines and they would be sitting going to waste in the fridge mm. so those pharmacies chose not to take their allocation but a lot of those pharmacies are going to opt back in now 
now that they can vaccinate from 18 upwards, they feel they will have uptake and they won't have wasted vaccines sitting in the fridge. Yeah, so keep an eye on your local, on, on, on your local pharmacy. I, they're not getting delivery this week, but I think those other pharmacies will start to get delivery from next week. So I expect an expansion of it from next week. How many have you on your list? Well over 400, <sighs> between four and 500. <gasps> yeah. Well, you... Yeah, you weren't expecting that, were you? No, absolutely not. As I said, thanks be to God we had that booking engine because the place was like a call centre on Friday. (laughs) It was good at least to be able to tell people they could get themselves registered. And even when they register online, at least we have all their details captured. We don't have to go through all that process again when they come in. And are the the young people themselves contacting you or is it mammy and daddy? A bit of both, Patricia, (laughs) and sometimes both. (laughs) But that's all right too. <laughs> and then we're hearing, and I, and I don't know if it's just anecdotal or not, of some people, reg- some young people registering in a number of different pharmacies. Yes. Just I actually had tried, I tried hard to request extra doses and that was one of their arguments for not giving extra doses. The HSE are afraid that quite a few young people will have registered. They're very tech savvy, so they're, they're able to u- navigate all these booking engines that all the different pharmacies have. And the likelihood is, obviously, as you'd probably do yourself, you register in a number of places. The first one that comes up, you're going to go to. So the HSE are afraid that there'll be excess doses left at the end. So they want to kind of take it gently. They said as the doses are used up, they will be rolled out to those pharmacies then first. So certainly no vaccination hesitancy in that age group. Absolutely not, which is yeah. fantastic to see. It really is, yeah, great. And anyone we've called about appointments, they're in like a flash, delighted <laughs> to get it, which is great. And the and the excitement now when you start to ring the 100 for... I know, I know. <laughs> and you will and actually ring them. That's your plan, is that, it? That's our plan, yeah, yeah. I think it's better to make contact, agree a time that suits. If we start sending texts, you could get it could get very complicated about times that don't suit and text over and back. So we're going to pick up the phone and ring everyone today. It's a lot of work involved, isn't there, for pharmacists? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It is. You know what? Simple. Said, we're delighted to do it. Yeah. We're doing it for our own patients. These are our patients that we know and that come into us all the time. So we're delighted to be able to add to what we provide for them. Do you think within three weeks you'll be through your four hundred? Um, I would expect that to be growing every day. So I don't. Right. It depends on the supply. Yeah. See, if Pfizer comes, if Janssen comes this week, is it only going to be Pfizer next week, or will Janssen come too? Mm. I don't know. And you can to that age group, you can give them either R. No, the Pfizer op- is opening up. Um, is it today? I think for over thirty tomorrow. to register tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. from tomorrow. So that's who we would be offering Pfizer to that cohort. Oh, Janssen okay. is the younger cohort or the over fifties. Oh, God, God. Quite complicated. Uh, Unreal. The logistics behind this is incredible. Absolutely. And even to run the different clinics, you need to run them on different days because there's different doses of each. There's different vaccine cards to be given. You know, there's a different protocol to follow. So, yeah, there's quite a bit of planning in each of them. But as I said, we have been planning (laughs) and preparing since last January. So we're definitely ready. So, But your message to people is be patient. Please, the, there, there will be a vaccine for everyone, but just there be a little, just be a we'll little be bit here. patient. We're not going anywhere. We're delighted to be vaccinating. We're looking forward to getting as many in through the door as we can and um, register online. Use the online booking portal because that's what we will. That's there. That's where we will pull our list from when we yeah. start ringing people. OK, this might be a bit early, but Liz wants to know when will flu jabs start this year? Well, actually, I did want to bring this up. We're really hoping that there will be a COVID booster vaccine later in the year as they become more aware of 
the variants and what they need to fight those variants. Um, so we would be hoping that when the flu vaccine is rolled out, which is usually late September, mm. that the COVID boosters will be part of that and that we'll be able to get it stuck into that as well. You, w- will someone go and get the, the two on the same day, do you think? I would imagine so, yeah. I do think so. Um, I mean, it's probably not something, you know, but this has been an amazing rollout for the country. Yeah. And in fairness, it was fantastic. It's amazing how well it was done to have get an entire country vaccinated, to roll it out, get those vaccination centres up and running and staffed. Um, but these boosters, whether they'll be for everyone or just the more vulnerable, remains to be seen. But yeah. either way, we would be delighted to be stuck in there and be part of it. You know, there was criticism at the start how slow we were with it, with the rollout of the vaccine. But by God, I mean, we, we hit the over 50% fully vaccinated it's yesterday. It's impressive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it we're is. nearly 70% of the first jab. Yeah, and we've done know, really well. Yeah, and they reacted well, I think, to everything, every stumbling block that came along. You know, they took their time. They stepped back when there was the AstraZeneca bump in the road. You know, mm. step back, you know, have a look at it, review it. You know, it's kind of it's slow and steady. We're getting there. And now it's the pharmacy's time to Absolutely. step into the yes. into the in and shine and shine you will because you, you you always do this so well. So listen, Please best God. best of luck with it, Mairead, and we'll keep in contact with you. But thanks a million for Super. for contact for ta- very much taking our call. Good Take morning, bye bye. At is Mairead Reen, and hi to everybody at the medical hall in uh, Mill Street. Speaking, and I think summing up the excitement you can hear it in her own voice for all of the pharmacies that are involved in this. So it's a little bit of patience at this stage. But pharmacy is getting their next delivery of Janssen. It will be on Thursday. So if you have already registered, you can expect to start hearing. And you might be one of the lucky ones to get in with the first. But just a little bit of patience and they will get a vaccine for everyone that wants it. I mean, that is the promise. 1850-333-103. And yes, the registration. Somebody said the registrations for 30 is opening tomorrow. It is. That's the that has been confirmed this morning that people in the 30 to 34 age group can register you're, by registering on the HSC vaccination portal, you're registering for an mRNA, which is either a Pfizer or a Moderna jab, looking more likely to be Pfizer because we seem to have more Pfizers in the country than Moderna's. But it is opening from tomorrow. Those aged 34 can register tomorrow. 33-year-olds on Thursday, finishing with the 30-year-olds being allowed to register on Sunday. The very same way that the 60-year-olds, the 50-year-olds, the 40-year-olds, those in the older 30-year-olds have already done. You go to hse.ie. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. From motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. I text just in following our, our interview there with Mairead Rean, the pharmacist at the Medical Hall in Mill Street. And somebody said, what an efficient lady. <laughs> I tell you, all pharmacists, that's why it's so great to see pharmacists really getting involved in the rollout of the vaccine. Because they've been doing the flu vaccines so efficiently for years and they... So I said to Marie, they've been chomping at the bit, waiting to uh, get going. So the younger generation are certainly in safe hands uh, with the pharmacists, uh, for sure. Now, we're going to go from the younger generation to the older generation, because yesterday when I mentioned the Bank of Ireland TV ad depicting the elderly woman coming down the stairs of her house, looking a bit shaky, and she's reminiscing about the memories she's had in the house before her son arrives to pick her up. 
to move in with him and his uh, family. Now, we had a mixed reaction uh, to the topic featured in the ad. So I'm interested in getting the views of Senior Line. And uh, joining me from Senior Line is Anne Dempsey. Good morning to you, to you Anne. Good morning, Patricia. And, and Good morning. You're very welcome. What sort of a reaction are you getting to Senior Line from this ad? Not a huge amount for starters, okay. but in, in such that there is, it's mixed. Um, and I haven't seen the ad myself, Patricia, but a friend, I swam earlier with a friend and she explained it all to me and I can, ex- I can understand why it was mixed. I think that ad conveys all the kind of possible benevolent feelings we can have towards older people and then the very patronising ageist attitudes as well. Do some older people feel pressurised into downsizing or into moving out and moving in with a family member? Well, some of our calls would give the impression that they do. Some, as directly from this ad, some of our callers have been kind of a bit indignant. Um, not necessarily one or two of them on their own behalf, uh, but I'm, I'll just develop that a little bit later. But some other callers feeling indignant on behalf of other older people. The bit, the, the ones that would more seriously concern us, Patricia, would be, and we've discussed this before, the calls that we have relating to bullying uh, shading into elder abuse and a lot of that is around financial abuse and older people particularly when they're left widowed or widowers where they feel they haven't the same uh, haven't a lot of support and there's family pressure to move or to downsize and that is a definite feature yeah. on senior line yeah because someone made the point and we know it's only an ad and it's make believe and all of that but somebody made the point it you know as you see her leaving it's a fine house red bricked house somebody said you know if that was in dublin that was worth probably the bones of of a million euro where does well, the where does the money go from the sale of the house <laughs> exactly you, you know what so. i mean and and that would be the fear factor wouldn't it very much so. I mean, I was just looking at a UK study recently, Patricia, and it said that it found that a very comprehensive study in the UK that older people don't want to move for four main reasons. First of all, there aren't any good alternative housing options that suit them any better. The hassle and the costs. The third one was this huge decluttering would involve that that might be good. And the third was a really strong one, the wish to stay in your own, near your own neighbours in your own locality. Someone texted yesterday when we when that then led to downsizing, saying I could never downsize because I have too much stuff. Yeah. And that's exactly the point you're making. That, yeah. that people would and this is stuff and memories that they've gathered over yeah. all of the years. Yeah. And an awful lot of widows and widowers don't want to leave the home they lived in with their but with their husband or wife or partner because of it's in it's the very fabric of the house. You look to a chair and that was the chair she sat in and yeah. I mean I, I don't need to tell you it's absolutely huge. But then for others it can be a great a great move. I think Patricia the main value of this announcement from me Martin a few weeks ago about possible tax incentives is that it's beginning a conversation that I think we need to be to be having if there's an aging demographic if more older people are in their own homes if they want to stay in, the, in their community if if and maybe their own homes as possible but they need different housing options if they're going to move they need options that will suit them age-friendly homes um, near neighbors 
you know, uh, again, the government, they're great with their reports. There's a new report, it's called Housing Options for Our Aging Population. And it talks about age-friendly housing, it talks about helpful technology. Now, this is a new report, Home Support Packages and the Importance of Good Community Engagement. It sounds wonderful, but the blessed thing is, like all these things, it's about implementing it, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's very important that we talk about housing options for older people in a positive way, and that's the value of this. But no point in talking about the only option that old people to move from their houses and give up for their families. That is ridiculous and that's, you know, ageist and wrong. And moving in with a son or a daughter, as is depicted in the ad, I mean, that can be a great solution if someone is no longer able, for whatever reason, able to live uh, independently. But it must be the older person's choice. And it depends on what the family is like as a unit and what relationships are like. I remember I wrote a book years ago, Patricia, on, on retirement. And one of the chapters was about this. And I began it with, it was called Rules for Peaceful Coexistence. And it was suggesting, I suggested that before people do anything like this, that they set down and they set out ground rules. Because people don't have these very necessary conversations. And then things can go badly wrong. Yeah, because Maura is saying, uh, morning Trish, I'm heading for an age when maybe I won't be able to look after myself. I'd love if my children would care enough for me not to put me into a nursing home. I'd love to go and live with one of my children and my grandchildren and not to be eating bananas and staring at a wall all day says that more. Now nursing homes, there's a place for nursing homes and nursing homes can be great as well. But for some people, you know, some people like that idea of moving in with... I think I think if it works well, it's wonderful. The best of both worlds. And I would know a lot of people have extended family arrangements and where there's a kind of, um, uh, uh, I hate the term granny flat, but there's a kind of a, uh, uh, the, the garage has been converted for the, the mother. Uh, and, I, you know, as I say, there are situations where it really is the best of both worlds. The older person is safe and secure. She's near a family that she kind of loves and gets on gets on with. But it really depends on the relationship, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely, Abs- absolutely. And then in the ad, and I know you haven't seen it, which mm. I, I, I'll, I'll ask you about in a sec. But um, they do. They've done up her room to look exactly like the sitting room with the old paper, and they've brought the old furniture back in. And you know, there's a, a tea, there's a coffee stain rim on the arm of the the chair or the table and they've they've put it back exactly as, as it was. Is that a bit patronising? Well, my friend who told it to me said that she got the impression the son thought he was doing something lovely for her. Yeah. But it's about, you know, are we expecting something less for older people? Do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, there might be another school of thought. Wouldn't it be lovely for her to go into a fresh new place with some of her bits and pieces around her? But, you know, to replicate the room completely is a bit much, I think, isn't it? <laughs> Even though, listen, every time I see it, I just think the ad is filled with love. It just, it puts a lump in my throat and a tear in my eye. I'll, I'll have I to mean, see it. Yeah. I'll, I'll Can really I just ask it. you that? Do you not watch TV, Anne? <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch a lot of RTE. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll leave it at that because that's where, that's where it is. And I the know, other I'll one, have to do that. The other one I need to pick you up, uh, uh, you, you were swimming earlier. Where, where were you swimming? Well, I live in Greystones. Yeah. And I was in the sea at half seven this morning with a pal. Is that a regular occurrence? Yep. How regular? Well, it began on late May. Okay. I'm not. A, I'm. A, I'm a wimp. I don't go through the year now. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And was it? Is it because we've got a bit of a, a grey, miserable morning uh, in Cork? Is it nice in Greystones? It's lovely this morning. Oh, is it? 
It's a lovely And is, it well, is your swim weather dependent? Say that again? Is your swim weather dependent or would you... Well, no, it's wave height dependent. <laughs> I don't do rough sea so well anymore. And it's in my head. I could, but I just guess, you know, except we have a lovely harbour in Greystones and if it's rough in the cove, we can swim in the harbour. So well there done. is no excuse. Well done. Well done. And it's keeping you fighting fit and healthy, <laughs> that's for sure. Pleasure as always, Anne. Thank will you, you for that. Will you, will you call out our number, Patricia? May uh, I give it to you, please? Please do, please do. So it's Senior Line. We're for older people, open every day of the year, Delighted to hear from you. 10 till 10, free phone, You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some of your reactions, and I sung some of your reaction to the Bank of Ireland ad and downsizing, and is downsizing the right option for older people, and how older people are depicted in that particular TV commercial. Uh, Rita in Mallow says, "I do feel from the ad that the son was doing the best for his mother. We don't know the circumstances behind the situation, but if she was no longer able to live alone, it does make sense that she moves in with her son, daughter-in-law, and the two little grandchildren." And Kira in Formoy says in cases of downsizing if all of the families this is where granny moves in with the family if all of the families get on that's okay and it's fine but the husband but if the husband or wife would really want to be getting on they'd want to have a very secure marriage themselves if a mother or father is to move in with them because when you move in an elderly person the family dynamics are bound to uh, change and you're straight away thinking with the mother-in-law moving in with the daughter-in-law and you have the old saying too many cooks spoil the broth and all of that and what's going to be the cooking arrangements and cooking dinners etc. You could foresee things like that very much needing to be ironed out. Another listener says the average granny is in her 60s today and wouldn't have swirly carpets like the ones that are depicted in that ad. The lady in the ad looked more like a great grandmother. She seemed a lot older than Granny, but I thought it was lovely that the son was taking her into uh, taking her into his uh, house. Yeah, I think, as I say, it makes me cry every time I, I see it. I think it is really sweet. A Balanine listener says, "I think the Bank of Ireland uh, ad is lovely. It shows a very caring son looking after his mother and making his home." her home. Yeah, and when it works, it works. I mean, and that's what Aunt Dempsey was saying. Once everyone is in agreement uh, with it, but a Killarney listener says, if Bank of Ireland are so interested in the elderly, as illustrated by that TV ad, 
they'd be fighting the corner of the elderly and paying some interest on savings instead of giving a zero return. It's not the practice of every financial institution not to pay interest, but all Bank of Ireland is interested in is selling mortgages to young people. And the ad on television clearly depicts this. They've forgotten the elderly saver and indeed others who may have small savings with them and they reward them zero interest rate says a Killarney uh, listener. And uh, is that the same for most? I don't know how many banks now are providing interest, but if there are other banks providing interest, then, you know, you can move your money into a bank that is providing interest. But that seems to be the norm now across most of the financial institutions that they're not paying interest out on any of the savings. And we've discussed on this programme how much savings have been accumulated because of the pandemic, people not able to spend money across last year, people not able to spend money across this year. It's got into billions, the amounts that people are saving. And I don't know, is there anybody making interest on it by having it just on deposit in the bank. Thank you for your text to 0862 103 103. We were speaking about how efficient the pharmacies were at the top of the programme. Michael says, Patricia in Castletown Bear, I can assure you that my doctor, Fiona Kelly, is one of the most efficient doctors that I have known for the rolling out of the vaccine. Herself and Dr Gleeson gave many a long, long day rolling it out and the results here uh, has been fantastic for the people on the Bearer Peninsula. God bless them for their hard work and commitment to their patients and that's from Michael. Yeah and Michael I think you could, I could open the phone lines and ask people to comment on their GP practices right across the city and county and I would get similar texts to that. GP practices and the practice nurses and the admin teams worked flat out but I think the point that Mairead Rean made the pharmacist from Mill Street it's now time to give the doctors the GP practices a bit of a break and to give them a break so that they so the patients can start going in for other issues outside of vaccinations and pharmacies all over the country have been you know shouting from the hilltops we're ready we have the consultation rooms because we've been we've had the systems in place because we've done the the flu vaccines for a number of years now so they were just waiting to get going give us the vaccines so we can start vaccinating people I think one of the pluses will be it will take a little bit of pressure from the doctors because a number of GP practices once they did their over 70s decided that's it we've had enough because the amount of work and paperwork and even listening to Mairead talking about everything that needed to be done and even just even just the simple thing of ringing everyone to make sure are you available on Monday can you come in at 10 o'clock Does 10 o'clock not suit was 3 o'clock suit you better Tuesday suit you better can you come Wednesday I mean you can just imagine the logistics behind it all because when they open up a vial for the Janssen Marie told us there's five doses they must be given to the five people within a set period of time of that vial been opened or else you're throwing it in, into the bin and nobody wants to do that with the number of people who are looking for a vaccine. So yeah, we've had very efficient GPs and watch, we will equally now have very efficient pharmacies. It's just another tool in the rollout of the vaccine. Okay, also coming into us, can anybody tell us, oh this is advice from somebody. Hi Patricia, would any of your listeners know please does the Dublin Expressway bus stop and take on passengers in from Town these days. Now, so we need somebody who has in the last week used the Dublin Expressway bus. Does it stop in Formoy? Can a, 
you know, pre-pandemic, you would just stand at the bus stop. You'd know the time that the bus is going to come. The bus would pull up and you, and you would get on. I don't know if there's a booking system. I know with trains there is a booking system uh, because they have to limit the number of people that they can take on. And I'm assuming it's the same with the, ex- the expressway. So does anybody know on the expressway buses, are they stopping at the normal bus stops and do they pick up passengers can you tell us please for a more listener who obviously needs to get to Dublin on the expressway bus 1850 333 103 if you can help us with that on the other ad the three ad the farmer who's walking along and he's taking the video call from his son Michael in Skibbereen says that's a gorgeous ad it makes me laugh every time I see it and someone else says Patricia what does the father say after the wife shouts at him I can't understand that bit I think the He's walking across the farmyard and obviously the son has called him, the the father, typical farmer, always busy, out and about in the yard doing his jobs. And to me, if if I'm the piece I'm thinking of, he shouts, it's Liam. He's telling the wife, the wife is obviously heading off on her walk and says, who's that on the phone? And he shouts to the wife, it's Liam. And then he starts talking to Liam about the mother that she's gone mad into the walking and she has the pedometer. So if it's that bit, I think the, right after she shouts, what he shouts is it's Liam. Just saying it's the son on the on the phone. If that is the piece, that is a that is absolutely it is a, a terrific uh, ad. Okay, we've also had some calls in on. Oh, this is an inter- this is one from Nula. Nula has a, a teenager. Uh, in the house uh, who's working in a restaurant after getting a job and I'm assuming a a first job working in hospitality but notice that the problem is they're extremely busy at the moment which by the way is fantastic to hear for the restaurants and the outdoor hospitality even though I'm looking out the window and it's a pretty miserable day to be sitting outside having a late breakfast or an early brunch but anyway hopefully the restaurants are working their way around that but anyway Nula's teenager extremely busy at the moment she is it's six hour shifts Nula said they're working flat out her daughter's run off her feet along with the other workers it's not just Nula's daughter but she said the big problem is they're starving and they're not being offered any food now one of the other workers saw that the young waitresses and waiters were a bit hungry and gave them some food but it seemingly was frowned upon by management Nula says my query is what are the legalities about working for so many hours without getting a break I understand businesses are trying to claw back money lost during lockdown but to keep staff running around with no break of food for six hours is that legal can that be allowed to happen well, we, we actually dealt with that very topic and something similar yesterday when we had our you know we have our monthly citizens information slot and yesterday was on employment rights and uh, S- Sylvia who joined us she actually touched on I don't know, did she touch on breaks she certainly spoke she touched on days off but anyway we decided we'd check back in with citizens information because they are always the people in the know and they say in general now this is in general you're entitled to a 15 minute break when you've worked for four and a half hours if you work more than six hours then you're entitled to a 30 minute break but the 30 minute break can include the first 15 minute break there's no entitlement by the way to be paid for these breaks and as they're not considered working time and the example that they give us if you start work at 7am in the morning you're entitled to a 15 minute break at half past 11 because at that stage you've been working four and a half hours and then at one fifteen. 
you'd have been we'd have worked at this stage now for six hours less than 50 minute break you're then entitled to take a break of 30 minutes but if you've already taken the 11.15 break your employer can limit that break to 15 minutes if you're working in a shop it's different you're entitled to a one hour break at the 1.15 mark that's after the six hours and if you start working again at 1.30 or 1.45 and continue working until 6 or 6.15 then you're entitled to another 15 minute uh, break and that generally speaking is what you're entitled to but the fact Nuala that your daughter is doing a six hour shift she is entitled to one 15 minute break obviously her shift ends then when she'd be entitled to the next 15 minutes but she is entitled to one after four and a half hours and maybe it's just the fact that they are so busy at the moment but is that a common practice that somebody would be working six hours straight in the hospitality sector with no break at all. Anybody working in hospitality and knows it well enough can tell us how common that is, please. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking the calls and we're still getting calls in, including one from Mary in Castlehaven to say the social protection scam calls are doing the rounds again this morning. People, please take care. And I know I saw a piece, I didn't get to it yesterday, but that we here in Ireland, we are second on the EU list for fraud calls. And when I saw the headline in the paper yesterday, I said, that does not surprise me because the recent day goes by where we don't get calls and texts in from our listeners saying they've just been, they've just had another scam call, even though I think the majority of our listeners now, because we talk about it enough, I think the majority of our listeners are up to speed with it and know at this stage if you get a, particularly if you get a call uh, where somebody sounds like a computerised voice is the social protection one telling you the Gardaí, for example, are investigating you just hang up and do not interact at all. And if you've got a smartphone, block the number. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls, text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. A bookkeeper slash office administrator is required for health and safety publications that's in Mallow, while a qualified barista is required for O'Reilly's Maxwell Garage that's in Clonakilty. An assistant is wanted for a kebab shop in Castletown Roach and a bus driver with a D or D1 licence is required for daytime work that's in the Duhallow area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. cmig.ie And for the listener who was inquiring about the expressway bus to Dublin going through Formoy and is it available, does it pick up passengers. Uh, a listener has just said and it's obviously somebody who's been on this route lately says yes the expressway is running for Formoy and it does uh, pick up. It's uh, X8 is the bus route. It's the route from Cork right through to Dublin but it is picking up in Formoy. That's for the listener who contacted us earlier. Thank you uh, to whoever te- texts that into 0862 103 103. Now road safety officials are warning that car meetups reminiscent of the Fast and Furious franchise movie are increasing in popularity and are a danger on our public roads. Mayo County Council's road safety officer is Noel Gibbons and uh, Noel joins me on the programme. Good morning to you Noel. Good morning Patricia. Now you've seen an increase in these gatherings in County Mayo but the Gardaí are saying they're happening all over the country. Can you just describe what happens at these car meetups? 
Well, uh, first of all, I suppose we have to acknowledge it's been a very hard time for the younger age group that with COVID they have no social outlets, and unfortunately, this is the one of the outlets they're using is having meetups with, with their with their cars. Uh, again, the majority of, of these young people are investing huge amounts of money into doing up the cars, and the last thing they want to do is to damage them. But there are a minority that are uh, doing burn, burnouts in the roads, doing donuts in the roads. So that's what we're trying to address. Uh, we've been have meetings with the Gardaí and, and the policing plan has been put in place. And again, it's not all about prosecution, so it's educating these uh, younger people as well. So we've called to all the uh, transition year schools uh, before their closure and and uh, had presentations to them on the dangers of um, speeding. Would, but would transition year pupils, would they would they be driving? Are they... They would be passengers, and I suppose they would be our oh, future passengers. drivers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So again, we've we've the once once they they get their their driving license, they're they're off. So again, what we we're advising them to do is to join the roads, their rally group, any local rally group, where they can go and uh, drive. Um, I suppose at, at higher speeds, but it's in a controlled environment yeah. and a safer environment by by officials who have been trained to do so, but not on public roads. So, yes, what's happening is that they're having the meetups, and uh, unfortunately, they're, they're causing disturbance to local residents with with high noise levels, and again with the damage that they're doing to to road markings by doing burnouts on the roads. And how many would gather on on average at these meetups? There could be twenty to thirty cars. Well, as many uh, as that. Yeah, so different different occasions. Again, the, um, the majority of the, like I said, are is absolutely no 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 cause no disturbance. Uh, if they're they're meeting, they're showing their cars, which is perfectly perfectly normal and and, and fine. It's just the minority that's then this will go to different locations to. Uh, do these burnouts. So we have erected CCT cameras at different hotspots and uh, this will deter some of them from, from uh, causing disturbance in these areas. And we're talking mainly rural roads, is it? Where they, because where they, they don't want to be seen or they don't want to be, they would yeah, want to draw attention be, from the Gardaí. It would be rural roads. Uh, and again, Mayo isn't unique in, in this. We're hearing from all over the country for our own fellow safety officers around the country. This is happening as well, so um, it's something that we hope that we can address and educate them and let them know the dangers. I also would like to highlight as well that some of these cars, that modifications are being made to them, that the suspensions are being lowered. But once these modifications are being made, it uh, just makes their insurance uh, uh, void because uh, they've made these modifications that haven't declared them to the, their insurance companies. And how how, how are the Gardaí dealing with these meetups? It's been very difficult for the Gardaí as the fact that the, having these meetups are being advertised on, on social media and then when the when the Gardaí approach a particular area there will be watch outs the people looking out and the phone ahead so the, the group has moved on but the Gardaí have uh, seized some cars and uh, because of some of the modifications being made and they have been uh, issued, issued uh, fines to, to uh, different uh, drivers but again, it's about educating people, letting them know what the dangers that they do a burnout on the road, that they're driving home with these cars, that the tyres are in a dangerous state and can uh, have a blowout and uh, are endangered themselves and other mm. road users. 
That's the one thing that always I can never understand about when I see the donut marks and you'll clearly see them on the roads. I mean, there's areas of West Cork in particular that I regularly travel on where you will see them. I mean, as you say, these guys and girls absolutely love their cars, but they must be paying a fortune on tyres. Yes, uh, we, we believe this uh, from that, uh, that uh, they are buying uh, second-hand tyres and putting them on. So again, it would appeal to uh, any uh, garage owners as well to be aware of uh, that they are selling the tyres. And also for parents whose uh, children are heading off in the cars, that uh, we appeal them to drive safely and not to be driving in this manner. So again, and also if your daughter has gone out and picked up by younger gentlemen in the cars, they're hoping that they're going into a, a safe vehicle that uh, the tyres aren't burnt out and it's, again, it's the only grip they have and contact they have for the road are the tyres, so it's so important that they're in good condition. And for people living in rural areas that are popular for these meetups of petrol heads, as some people referred to them earlier, they the noise that can be created at night is, and if you've got an elderly person living on their own listening to that kind of noise, you know, down the lower road, cars burning up and down, it's quite frightening, Noel. can be, you know, so with families, with young children, uh, trying to get kids to sleep as well to listen to this. So again, but this is the minority of people, the majority of, of young people who are, are uh, have, I suppose, a huge interest in cars and investing a lot of money and doing them up won't be at this behaviour. It's a minority that are at this, that are doing these burnouts that, and it ruins it for everybody else as well, that these younger guys who are doing up their cares. So, again, we're just appealing to them just to, uh, I suppose, to want to cop on and agree what uh, disturbance they're causing to other residents in the area. And those donut marks, the burnout marks that I mentioned that you can clearly see on the roads, are you, is that, are you saying that's causing damage to the road? It is called it's where it's done at junctions where the stop lines are burned out because of the the, the tires and uh, donuts and uh, there have been incidents where they've been using the uh, taking down sign and just putting it on the rear wheels, using something they can uh, spin around in circles, uh, so the signs have been removed, which can be very dangerous if a stop sign is removed at a junction. Uh, someone's not familiar with the road comes through comes to the junction and don't realise have to have to stop because the signs have been removed or up lines have been damaged. So, again, it's going to cost money to repair those and also, the, the more importantly, the safety aspect of it. OK, Michelle says, what about those people that turn up and park at petrol stations with their zooped-up cars and they're revving the car engines at all hours? Surely that should be stopped. And Frank says, I think it's great that these young people meet up uh, to show off their cars. They're, they're meeting up safely and just chatting and showing off their uh, cars and they're not drinking. They could be doing a lot worse. Exactly. As I said, it's the majority of these young people meeting up at, at filling stations and it's, it's great to see them that they are uh, so investing so much money into their cars and again, the, any modifications are, uh, that don't affect the safety of them. It's, it's nice to see, but again, where you make modifications that affects their performance, having the performance on the road, uh, which makes them illegal. That's where the danger is. And again, it's minority that are causing this, the revenues and, and disturbances. So that's the minority that we want to reach yeah. out to. Yeah, and the listener says we have it in the area where my mother lives uh, down the lower road from her house. The, constantly you can hear cars revving up and driving at fast as speeds. It really is frightening. Would Noel suggest that we should be calling the Gardaí when it happens? And by the way, it can happen any night of the week, says this texter. Should you call the, should you report it? 
Yes, but again, as I said, it's very difficult for the guard each to uh, to apprehend them because they're once they're once it's, uh, it's out there that the guard are coming, they're notified and they they move off. But uh, again, they, we are working with the guard ourselves here in Mayo, so they have a, a policing plan in place, and they are uh, targeting these uh, particular areas with uh, undercover vehicles as well. So the the guard are doing their best, but again, we all need to work as a community as well to address it. Okay. All right. Okay. And as you said at the outset, you do have sympathy uh, for young people who have been affected, as indeed as every age group have been affected by the pandemic, but they don't have anywhere to go and they don't have anywhere uh, to socialise. Just talking on the pandemic, from a road safety issue, Noel, there's less cars on the road. Are we seeing a decrease in deaths and serious accidents because of well, it's, lockdowns? It's, uh, it's very surprising really that the fact that uh, last year we, we had a uh, a 10% increase in the number of fatalities on the road, considering that there was a lockdown. Wow. Uh, to, to date, there's been 58 people killed to date. That's uh, 14 less than this time last year. But um, again, the, uh, last year, was, was what was a huge issue was the, the increase in speed with the quieter roads that people were, were going fast because the roads were quieter. But again, the, the Gardaí addressed that. With that uh, we can see this year the, the results from that, that there are 14 people left killed this now than there was this time last year. Yeah, it's been really showing last year how speed kills. All right, listen, Noel, you stay safe. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. Thank bye you bye. for having Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Noel uh, Gibbons there. He's Mayo County Council's road safety officer, but always speaks with such sense. Joe Window Manway says, if a group of kids do donuts near my house, I'm telling you, I'd be out there with my camera straight away. Where are their parents? Don't tell me they don't know where their kids are. Uh, says uh, Joe. Well, the fact that they're driving and they have their own cars, they're young people. They're not necessarily under the age of uh, 18. Uh, Noel was saying that they've, they, in Mayo, went in because they've had a huge problem with young people and road fatalities. Mayo has been one of those counties that have been decimated over the years with uh, road fatalities. Uh, but they've gone in to talk to the transition year pupils who may be the passengers inside in the car or will be the future young drivers. And, you know, as, as other people are saying, it is an interest. A lot of young people... You're talking, you know, in their early 20s, they have an interest. They love their cars and they really do look look after their cars. And Noel even agrees with that. But it's just a small minority of them decide that all they want to do is speed. They want to do these burnouts. They want to do these donuts on the road where they spin the car. I'm assuming you spin the car around. The terror of being in a car as it's spinning around. I can't. I've you know, only ever once I was driving on ice, and you know the way when the back wheels start to move, and the sensation was, and to this day. It's made me panicky driving in snow and ice. The most horrible, horrible sensation. But they obviously get some kind of a buzz out of doing it. But it's a very small minority. But it's causing damage to the roads. And the big fear is that it could cause, and it has caused fatalities. God knows we've lost. uh, Young people have died because of it. So they're just trying to get a little bit of sense through to, as I say, the minority. It isn't all young people uh, drive that way. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie. A local artist and businesswoman, Fiona Hayes, has recently launched the Dunmanway Civic Pride Project, and it's called 
this is a great town. To discuss the project in more detail, Fiona Hayes uh, joins me. Good morning to Fiona. Good morning, Patricia. And Thank I, you for having me. Well, listen, I absolutely love what you are attempting to do in Dunmanway and I really am hoping that others will pick up on it and will get replicated in every little town and village across uh, Cork. How did you come up with the concept for this Civic Pride project? Uh, well, uh, Dunmanway is my hometown and I'm very proud of it. I'm proud to be from Dunmanway and I've always wanted to express what a great town it is. And through the college course that I'm currently doing, I found the tools to express um, my feelings about how about what a great town Dunmanway is. Um, so I've always been interested in art as a means of social messaging and social engagement. And after all, art has been a form of uh, mass messaging for millennia, right back to biblical times, even as far back as case paintings, if you like. So um, I my college course is um, a contemporary visual arts uh, degree with um, run through TU Dublin, and it's based in Shirkin Island in collaboration with um, Shirkin Island Development, TU Dublin, and um, the Illin Arts Centre in Skibroon. Fab, fab. So yeah, so and it's a really contemporary course, yeah. Yeah, so just explain what you asked people in Dunmanway to do. Well, the first thing I said about, well, I engaged with the um, Chamber of Commerce and the Community Council, and they were very enthusiastic about the idea of promoting what is great about Dunmanway. And it's very easy to overlook um, sometimes what's great about a space when you're in it, or you get mm. you just you don't see what's all what's around on you. Our really. own, don't, don't you constantly hear that you don't see what's on our own doorstep? Exactly, exactly. So I said about um, trying to just highlight, um, especially coming out of COVID restrictions, what's great about the space that you live in. So I started off with the statement, "This is a great town." So there's a sign in all the main entrances into town saying, "This is a great town." And the next sign you'd see is, why is this a great town? And that gives you time to think about, well, you know, you look around and you see what is great about this space. And then the answers are scattered around the town or from our initial inquiry. Now, the point of the whole exercise really is to dig deeper into the community and get more deeper and meaningful answers about what is great about the town of Dunmanway. And you, you asked people to give, to tell you what they thought was great about the town. Well, that's what's happening now, I suppose. We had an initial inquiry first into the community and we got back a certain amount of answers. The biggest of which was, or the most popular one, was this is a great place to raise a family. Uh, because, of course, because, of course, the town has so many things to offer in the line of family environment, great family environment. You know, there's great facilities, the swimming pool, pitch and put, to name but a few great award-winning schools. So these are the answers that came back initially. Um, we have... Uh, Amazing Community Spirit also was a huge um, favourite uh, in the answers. And a hometown of Sam Maguire and the Sam Maguire Bells. Lots of things that you mightn't associate all the time with Dumanwe, those great things that are great about the town. And we just, so the object of the exercise at the moment now is to get the more, the deeper um, answers. I'll just give you an example of a few that have come back so far. Okay. And one is um, Balavui on a sunny day, uh, swim for a fiver. Things like that, just the kind of more community-based answers that are that will tell everybody what is great about Dunmanway. And how are local people communicating with you? Uh, well, we have a we have through the um, the Chamber of Commerce Facebook page. Okay. We have in the installation part of the uh, project, which is where the answers are in the square and the coach road green. There is a quick response. Um, 
QR code that you can scan with your camera and give your answers directly into the Chamber of Commerce Facebook page. And the, and then we, and the, and the, but, but the town now, if people visit the town now, they'll see these big signs up yeah. all over the town. Yeah, well, they're they're at the entrances, the main entrances into town, and in the square, and in the and the cultural green. Now, we do hope to put up more answers as soon as they become available, and we get them printed. So, that's the plan. But you, there is a QR code at each of those sites where people can scan the code and submit their answers. And how are you covering the cost of the signs? Well, the uh, local business people uh, thankfully um, sponsored the project, which was great. There was great enthusiasm. Uh, initially um, regarding the project and the, the community came together and um, got the funds and here we are. We're again, again exactly what you said, that community spirit came oh, it's fantastic. Came very much to the fore. Absolutely. There are great things going on in Demonway. There is a, um, uh, a, a um, initiative, uh, eco-friendly initiative at the moment, a pollinator initiative. There's the Passport Trail, Sam McGuire Passport Trail. There's a Garden of Expression uh, just about to be launched into Manway where local sculptors can show their um, their art pieces. It's a great community um, to come together and promote local people, their endeavours, what's going on around the town. And the thing about market towns is, let's face it, they've all changed in the last 50 or 60 years, mm. dramatically in some cases. And it's time to look out, coming out of COVID in particular, to reevaluate the space that we're in and promote what is great about our environment. In our space. And would you, is it always a very welcoming town of visitors and tourists, for example? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, it's, it's a great space. Um, there's loads, especially for children with the swimming pool. There's um, a span new playground there, like all inclusive playground that's wheelchair accessible. It's a gorgeous, and, yeah, oh my God, it's, it's amazing. It's, space. it's probably one of the best playgrounds we have uh, across amazing. the county. It, it really amazing. is worth a visit, yeah. Yeah, now we had a great day um, last week where um, Patricia from Flash Photography Studio came out and we went into the community with our signs before they were installed and we took some great images of people all over the town and um, those photographs have had a great reaction altogether and it really captures the essence of what this project is all about. It's about community, it's about what's great about Dunmanway and the things that we're inclined to overlook at times. And it's, and it's making people smile. I think you know. There God, you go. God there knows, go. and we need that. And we've Definitely. all had to stay stay local. So I, I think many people are really starting to appreciate what we yes. have in our own locality. Exactly, exactly. Faraway fields are always greener, <laughs> as the saying goes. But it's not always the case. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to appreciate what's on your doorstep. And uh, from as a Donny, and so proud to be from Demanway myself. I just feel that the town, you know, just needs, it needs to be expressed, the great things that are um, so great about the town. Okay, and are you starting to see tourists around, uh, Fiona, is the tourist season kicking off? Um, I suppose that with the staycations, there are lots of people coming around, but this project really is more for ourselves in the town. um, Now, I was explaining on another interview about when I was putting up the installation at um, between 6 and 7 o'clock in the morning, a lot of people passed through the manway from all over the county going to work and coming from work and so on and so forth. And if if people even see these signs and look around the town and say, you know what, this is a great town, because there definitely has so much to offer um, as regards um, a local um, West Cork town. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd listen, I think it's going to be, it'll be an attraction in itself. And I think, you know, if you're yeah. driving somewhere where you haven't b- been before and you see a sign saying this is a great town, first thing you're going to do is pull in to say what's so great about this town and, exactly. you know, and, and experience it. It's, it's terrific. Well done. Well, well done. Are, yeah. are, you, are you thrilled with the, rea- the reaction that you're getting so far? Oh, I'm absolutely delighted. <laughs> That's the whole point of the project. Yeah, it's like a, a collaborative uh, arts project that has got the, a community-based project that is definitely very much after absorbing into the community, which is the whole point of the exercise. You know, so it's great. Councillor Deirdre Kelly just texting saying great things happening in Dunmanway and thank you yeah. to Fiona for helping us to showcase uh, it. I mean that's what we need. We need a Fiona. In, we need a Fiona in every town to say right <laughs> let's get this together and let's show what, what great towns and villages and cities and exactly. areas that we, exactly. that, that we live in. And how's your yeah. own artwork uh, going Fiona? Oh sure great. Yeah, like I've really enjoyed the course. I have to say I've learned so much now. It's, it's really an awful lot about the thinking behind art as opposed to the art really. It's a okay. really conceptual of contemporary art course but it's really but I love that aspect of it uh, about the thinking behind art because really we are influenced every day by art we just don't know it because we're art is symbols and all kinds of messaging through even advertising artistic type of advertising it's all it's all about um, the visual communication that is through art and symbols and messaging and everything it's just we're it's been a fascinating course and I've learned so much and like I said I learned the tools there to do this project in a very simple way with just text and colour and wording, the, the message of what is great about the man, right? Well done. And I've, I've really enjoyed it, I must say. It's been a great and great support with the community. The, like I say, the community council, the um, the Chamber of Commerce, Maybury Marketing, Sandra Maybury there has been fantastic in promoting this project. Um, friend, she's done a great job. It's Look, it's been one of those sort of um, where everything, the, the, the dots just connected and it just, you know, it was just brilliant to get all the support and well, connection con- with everybody. Congrats uh, to you and everybody involved. And as they say, as and as you say yourself, Don Manway, it is a great town. town. Long may it continue. Fiona, I really enjoyed our chat. Thank you for that and thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you indeed. Good for morning, Gia. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you. You too. Fiona Hayes, their local artist and uh, businesswoman, and the brainchild behind that Civic Pride uh, project for Dunmanway. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And I've mentioned the weather forecast and we've rained today and we've rained again tomorrow with a bit of sunshine uh, tomorrow afternoon. Thank you for Michael who sent me on a link to say the Met Aaron are predicting the temperatures will go as high as 22 degrees later in the week with plenty of dry weather. Now it does look like we've got to put up with the rain and a mixture of sunshine and showers across this week and it looks like over the weekend as well with some areas they're saying we can brace ourselves uh, for a heavy rain. But the good news is that there is good weather on the horizon and it's a new weather system that is going to move in from next week and it has the potential to bring some nice hot conditions and Alan O'Reilly you know from Carlo Weather who we often speak with on the uh, the programme he's backing it up as well and saying very positive signs that a hot spell is on the way but it will be from this day next week Tuesday of next week this warmer weather is going to come in and it's going to be dry and sunny and we're going to have temperatures it could be up 
to 22 degrees and more. So we'll have to put up with the rain for this week and then the good weather is on the way. Thank you for that. I will take that. 1850-333-103. Other issues coming in to us. Patricia, did you see the article in the Cork Examiner last weekend where a person was fined €120 for not having the lid on their wheelie bin? This country has gone mad. And this was a piece I read in Saturday's Examiner by Owen English and the lady in question, she's a woman who lives on the Boreen Manor Road in Cork uh, City. She said she was fabric flabbergasted. Actually, it wasn't 120 euro. She's been fined 150 euro. She's been given a litter fine because the lids on her wheelie bin were not closed because the wheelie bin were slightly overloaded. What happened seemingly was the postman arrived registered letter when she opened it up inside it was to say under section 3 of the Litter Pollution Act she was been fined they named a specific uh, date they attached a photograph of her domestic waste and her brown waste bins which were outside her house on a date in March at 11 minutes past 9 they even gave the time that the photograph was taken she had them ready for collection and the collection was due she gets her bins collected on that particular day so it wasn't that she had them out the night before or anything and the photo clearly shows that the bins were slightly over, over overloaded you know with the wheelie bin it looks like she's got black bags uh, in the bins and it won't close because the bins are absolutely full to the top so they the lids won't close down uh, on it. And uh, the lady said, we're conscious of the environment, but I didn't know that it was an offence if you don't have the lid on your wheelie bin closed. The notice warns that unless the €150 fine is paid within 21 dates, date, district court proceedings will be initiated. And in the event of a a successful prosecution, you'll incur a criminal conviction. Now, the council were contacted by Owen English in the examiner. Obviously, they weren't going to publicly comment on an individual case, but they did say that overloaded bins are unsightly and they're unsanitary and they have the potential to lead to our cause litter. And it said that the city bylaws, which were introduced in 2019, actually cover it. And it says in the city by- bylaws that when you put your waste out, when you put your bins out for presentation so that the bin man can collect them, they must be in an appropriate waste container that is not overloaded and the lid of the waste container should be securely closed. Waste presented for collection on the lid or next to the wheelie bin is also a breach of the bylaws and actually the City Council say that it's planning to launch a renewed publicity campaign about the bylaws soon and do I take it if it's a bylaw in the city it's probably the same in the county as well so be warned if you're putting your bins out for collection the lid must be closed now the lady in question uh, says by the way that she's going to appeal she is going to appeal it so she is going to go uh, to court on this one but of course the danger is if she goes to court and she loses it's going to it's going to cost her any more but anyway she's she's says she wasn't aware of it and it, that there isn't any rubbish can I say I'm looking at the photograph that was on the paper or that was online certainly on Saturday there wasn't any waste it isn't waste tumbling out of the bin now could the council say well the crows could come or vermin could come and start picking at the bags they certainly haven't at this point in time there's no there's no rubbish I can't see a 
piece of rubbish on the floor but the two bins are there neither of the lids from what I can see are closed the green one which is the one that goes to landfill that's the one slightly ajar and you can see a big black bag inside in it so it hasn't got like the ladies put them into black bags and then got them into the bin but they're not it's not the black bag hasn't been ripped open but anyway 150 euro fine you have been warned make sure the lid on your wheelie bin is firmly closed but a listener feels has the country gone mad that you could be fined if you don't have your wheelie bin properly uh, closed and I'm wondering is that well, wheelie bins get collected every two weeks it seems like a huge amount of rubbish because some I know I put mine out every two weeks particularly the one for landfill and the food one but sometimes I only put it out once a month because they don't the now certainly the recycling one uh, fills up every single uh, two weeks but the other ones I'd get away with maybe maybe that's what that lady has done maybe she's not putting it out every two weeks uh, or not but anyway she's been fined we'll keep a close eye and if there's an update on that story we certainly will bring it to you and somebody else has asked us to comment on, on another story that's bre- breaking this is Heidi says Patricia will the insurance company do as they're told and cut premiums as the payout has dropped by 50% we will see if this if they comply at about time too, says Heidi. Actually, this is something I was talking with John Paul in the office about this. We're hoping to do something, maybe get Peter Boland on from the Alliance of Insurance Reform on, onto the programme. What Heidi is talking about is that early data from the new Personal Injuries Assessment Board, PIAP, uh, is showing that since insurance reforms were enacted, that was at the end of April, payouts for personal injury cases have halved. Now, insurance reform groups they wanted compensation to be cut by at least 80%. OK, it hasn't gone to 80%, but at least it's down by 50%. And a memo is going to be presented to the Cabinet tomorrow by the Thornish Year of Varadkar. The progress report from the 66-point action plan for insurance reform and it indicates that the average award has decreased by around 50%. And you assume from that that if the insurance companies are paying out 50% less on uh, claims the knock-on should be when we are paying our premiums that they should come down only time will tell 1850 We were talking about car meetups in the last hour and young people uh, getting together in their in their cars somebody wants to know on the zooped up uh, cars could you ask your speaker unfortunately Noel uh, Gibbons was gone by the time I saw this comment but asking are the zooped up cars NCT road legal and I'm sure they're probably not because Noel did say that when any modifications are done to these cars what a lot of the young people may not be aware of is it can make their insurance null and void it's one of the reasons when you're taking out your car insurance they'll ask you about modifications uh, to the car so I take it when you go to NCT to get your cars tested you can't have any of those modifications do they change them? Uh, in time and then of course if it's a new car you're not going to be called for an NCT for quite some years but no I take it that they won't pass an NCT test if they have the modifications but someone else says Patricia a lot of these meets are fundraisers for for cancer or other uh, charities a lot of these young people are decent car enthusiasts they're not all petrol heads I think it's great that young people have something to do and again I refer back to Noel Noel Gibbons Road Safety Officer with Mayor County Council he did make that point at the very beginning as well that the majority of the young people that are car enthusiasts absolutely love and adore their cars and they will meet up and they'll meet up to compare each other's cars and to look at each other's cars and they're not the petrol heads but there is a small minority of the boy racers 
that are the petrol heads that ruin it then for the genuinely decent car enthusiasts like you are uh, talking about and the car enthusiasts would never get involved in doing burnouts would never be involved the genuine ones in speeding and taking over rural roads late at night on any night of the week and disturbing people who live in those areas so yeah and it is it is a great hobby and, and it's great that young people have particularly with everything that's going on with the pandemic that they have something to do even though someone else has said they shouldn't be meeting up anyway we're not meant to be meeting up in groups unless you're fully vaccinated and they are the young group, group age group they're only just starting to get vaccinated can I go back to vaccinations hi Patricia I had my first Pfizer jab in Mallow it was four weeks ago yesterday haven't heard anything about my second jab yet I'm just wondering is there a slowdown on the second Pfizer jab to allow AstraZeneca catch-ups in the over 60s. If I was a gambling person, I would say yes. I would think that's exactly what is happening because we are hearing day after day after day from people in the 60 to 69 age group, mainly the people in the younger 60s, 60 to 64, that they are starting to get called for their second jab. We know that Paul Reid from the HSE guaranteed that everyone over 60 in the 60 to 69 group would have their second jab by the 19th of July. That seems to have been pushed back now to the 12th of July. There's a big push, particularly with the Delta variant, to get the second jab into the 60-year-olds as quickly as possible. And from what I can gather, and it was backed up by Mairead Rin, the pharmacist who we spoke with earlier, when the vaccination centres are giving vaccines, they seem to only deal with one vaccine at a time. For example, the day I went for my Pfizer, everybody there was getting Pfizer. And at the moment, it's looking like every day they're just dealing with the AstraZeneca. Now, if I, I'm trying to get confirmation on that. But as far as I know, vaccination centres deal with one vaccine at a time. So if every day this week is just AstraZeneca, it means that no one in the vaccination centre is going to be given Pfizer's, unless somebody can tell me that I'm wrong on that and that they do mix them. Uh, but from what I can gather, they, they don't. So, yes, I would think because yesterday, again, we heard from some people and obviously the people who are waiting on a second Pfizer jab are in the main people in their 50s, even though most of the 50 years have been done now, and people in their 40s who were given their first Pfizer jab and the four weeks, they're just gone over the four weeks. I know when I got my second jab, I was one day, exactly one day over the four weeks but I'd heard about it sort of at the third week so I knew I was getting my second jab but if you're waiting if this person now four weeks yesterday and still hasn't heard you would assume that even if he hears this week it'll be five weeks will it and that's okay I mean you can give you can leave a gap that long between the Pfizer's but I know people are anxious to get this to, to get the second one so I know we had a few calls yesterday John Paul says from people who are just gone over the four weeks or are due four weeks their Pfizer jab say is four weeks today and they were wondering why they still haven't haven't heard so could it be that they're trying to do the catch up and trying to get in as many of the people with AstraZeneca. So if you are waiting on a second jab for Pfizer, have you gone over the four week mark waiting for your second uh, jab? 1850-333-103. Anne says, I got my first COVID injection on the 8th of May. That would have been AstraZeneca and and I'm getting my second next uh, Saturday, the 10th of July in Mallow. And actually I heard of a friend of mine as well was texting me earlier this morning, he was waiting on a second uh, AstraZeneca 
which is around the same, no, a little bit later, probably a week later than you in May when she got her first one and she's getting her second one. So definitely Saturday seems to be an AstraZeneca day uh, in uh, Mallow. 1850-333-103. And back to the ad that we spoke about earlier with the elderly woman going to live with the son. Catherine Glamour says, Trish, that ad with the son and his mother, gosh, I thought it was great. You could see in the acting, you can see the love that he, he, in his eyes, that he has for his mam. I thought the ad was absolutely fabulous, particularly when she opens up her eyes and she sees the sitting room that he's done it exactly as it was in her own house. He puts a smile on my face, says Catherine Glamire, every time I see it. Thank you for that. Uh, texting 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With the new Explore Cork app, a Cork County Council initiative, the perfect way to plan your your staycation in Cork. There is a commemoration to remember volunteer Morris Quinn from Garrettstown. It'll be held in Temple Glanton Graveyard on Tuesday the 6th. That's today, half past seven this evening. Historian Shannon Ford will detail his story during the commemoration. And Kildallery Community Development, they will hold their weekly lottery draw. That's on this Thursday, four in the afternoon at the local community office with a jackpot this week of €2,300. And Castletown Bear Development Association, they're holding their drive in bingo on Friday night at eight. It's in the East End Pier. The jackpot is €1,600 euro but please note they've got a later start time this week of eight o'clock and someone sent me a text earlier saying that there's drive-in bingo in the community field in Doris on next Sunday the 11th of July three in the afternoon all are uh, welcome and that came in from Helen Burke PRO of the Community uh, Council in Doris. Court today on C103 with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk CMIG Thank you to people responding about Pfizer and people getting their second jab and people and one of our earlier listeners was wondering is there been a slowdown on the Pfizer in order to get out the AstraZeneca instead and are all the vaccination centres just doing AstraZeneca and it seems not. Uh, this guy got his his first jab of Pfizer in Mallow and was wondering what's happening in Mallow. Uh, somebody was on to say uh, two guys I work with got their first Pfizer jab that was in the Mallow vaccination centre yesterday. Uh, Hi Patricia, I got my second Pfizer jab yesterday. It was downstairs in the race course in Limerick. Upstairs they were administering AstraZeneca and in another part Moderna was also being uh, done. I had mine four weeks ago since Friday. I got my first in Mallow but I got my second one in Limerick. My friend will be four weeks again tomorrow in Mallow for Pfizer and she also got hers yesterday in Limerick. She didn't even have to wait four weeks, says this uh, texter. It's varying for everybody, isn't it? And hi, I, I got getting my second one today in uh, Mallow. I'm from Mitchellstown. It will be eight weeks and two days. I'm 66, so therefore getting the AstraZeneca. OK, thank you for that. 1850-333-103. Now, as we have already reported on the programme, Graeme Norton's debut novel, Holding, has been adapted into a four-part series by ITV and filming is taking place this summer in West Cork. The Extras coordinator Marie Boylan once again joins me to put a shout out for some extras. Good afternoon to you Marie. Hi how are you? You're you're very welcome once again. Now you're putting a call out for a very specific group of little girls. 
We are indeed. We are looking for uh, young girls aged between five and seven based in the West Cork area only. Now, this little girl would have to have either blonde or very light brown hair. And it would have to, it, like quite long hair. Okay. Um, th- you know, anything below the shoulder, really, you know. Long blonde hair. Long, well, it's light brown blonde, you know. Okay, we, can make the, yeah. we can make the blonde look okay. a little darker, you know. <laughs> and and five, as young now, five to seven. Yes, yeah, it's it's to double for one of the characters that we're um, ah, shooting with, you know. Okay. So um, there will be, you know, like we're looking for quite a few applications from different people, but it is kind of important that they would live in the West Cork area. Okay, because you need to have access to them on, on specific dates and all exactly. of that. Exactly. So, and like, we'd be looking at a height, you know, kind of between 100 centimetres and uh, 120 centimetres. So, that'd be kind of three foot three, three foot five. And then, like, realistically, she should wear, like, clothes from about five to six. Aver- so, average size, yeah. really, isn't it? That's an average five year old. I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have kids. So you know? Know. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the fact that it's an extra, you don't need acting experience for this. No, no, you definitely don't need acting experience. Um, it would be kind of useful to us if you did have it, but I mean, you know, uh, anybody can apply. It can be anybody who's on school holidays or anything like that. Uh, it just is important that. Um, to be on board for doing maybe a couple of days filming and it's a paid role as well okay okay and now obviously a child that age can't apply it must be the parents the parents have to apply we don't accept any applications for minors um so we our email address is holding extras at gmail.com so if anybody has any images so we want an image front on and an image of the back of their head with their hair down okay their sizing and then contact details for the parents. And this doesn't, again, like the last time we spoke, we're not talking about getting a child into a studio for professional shots. The, the oh, parents no, no. can take it Absolutely. themselves. It's literally just uh, anywhere where there's a bit of decent light, so up against like a white wall or something in your house, or just a plain wall. Um, that would be perfect. Or outside as well, you know, that's absolutely grand in daylight. Okay, so the height, the clothes size, uh, and obviously contact details for the for the for the parent, but a full length, good quality, facing the camera, and one at the back because the hair in particular. So exactly. it sounds and like it's, it's important. It is, yeah. And if people just even want to apply and just um, email holding extras at gmail dot com, we can send them on the application um, flyers so that they don't have to kind of get worried about um, okay. putting everything into the email. I'd also just like to say as well, I'd love to get. Uh, different groups like of adults um, from different like, ethnic backgrounds to okay. apply to be extras and this could be any age uh, just adults over 18 uh, who are based in the West Cork area that would be fantastic if they applied to be extras and okay, it's the same so email address So you're, you're, you're still looking for the adult extras Absolutely We had a massive call out the last time from Good. people applying who were listening to the radio station so it's it, like we're inundated with certain age groups and stuff so it's, it's fantastic you know Okay but it's it's the different ethnicities now Yeah I think so I'd like to push that a little bit you know, okay. just to kind of get a bit of diversity on our TV screens like it's important to us Okay and uh, has filming started Marie? Not yet. No, we're still in press at the moment, so we're all still in the office. Okay. And I, unfortunately, I can't reveal any cast or anything like I that. I know, I know. <laughs> and, the, and the location, is that a still is that a secret? We're filming all across West Cork, okay. so in and around the Skibreen, um, 
strands and mm. and from Dunman Way kind okay. of area around around that kind of triangle there. Okay, you've got you've got lovely places for filming there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let's let's hope that the sun is shining. Is it going to be sunny days? We don't want wet days. Um, we don't want an yeah, Angela's ashes, is what I'm trying to say. Well, I'm actually from Limerick, so <laughs> I take offense. <laughs> Listen, it was great, but it, God, it didn't stop raining. That's all right. I actually applied to be an extra years ago when I was young, so uh, I didn't get it oh. <laughs> on that. So I'm, I'm getting my vengeance now by working in extras. <laughs> all right, holding extras at gmail.com. It's exactly. A, it's, it's and anybody simple. who's interested, they can just email that address. And what I'll do is I will forward you on any application or anything like that. Okay. So, um, but yeah. a shout out for the little girls, little girls five to seven. If there's a little one in the household, it'll keep her busy for the summer. Listen, Marie, we will stay in contact with you. Pleasure Absolutely. as always. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So much, Trisha. Bye-bye. Bye. Marie Boylan there, who is the extras coordinator for holding the TV dramata or adaptation of what was I read that book it was a great great book it was Graham Norton's first book so holding extras at gmail.com and we were talking about Don Manway being a great town earlier Michael Bandon wants to point out he recently had to go to Don Manway into Buckley's hardware shop to get some keys cut and he said they were beyond helpful and they were so quick thus proving that Dunmanway is a great town. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie. This. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, 
but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. And Joe Heffernan uh, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, um, Patricia. And we were talking about people last week and we were getting calls in from people who were just a bit nervous about getting back out there. We know we have Tony Houlihan only again yesterday saying to people, if you're fully vaccinated, it's OK to meet up with other fully vaccinated people and to get out and about. I mean, just look after yourself, but it is OK to get out and about. But people, ha- their confidence has been dented, I think, a little bit because we're, we're nearly a year and a half now into uh, the pandemic. So you promised last week we would talk this week week about confidence and trying to rebuild our confidence. I mean, that's that's what's needed here, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like the the building blocks of self-esteem are very much akin or uh, the same to a great degree as um, the building blocks of confidence. And like there would be five um, building blocks of uh, self-esteem or confidence and that there would be a sense of security a sense of identity a sense of belonging a sense of purpose and a sense of competence we we so we could have a look at the five of them now yeah because straight away i'm thinking all five of those have been dented in some way absolutely they sure have um um i mean um I don't think any of us has felt as secure as we did prior to the pandemic, um, especially, obviously, in the in the area of health. Like, we would have seen those awful pictures of um, people in ICU with all those tubes and, um, you know, assisted breathing and all of that. And too scary. Mm. And, um, yeah, so... Um, uh, some people wouldn't go out at all. Um, uh, more people were told not to go out at all. The older brigade, like I, I'd be part of that brigade now. With, and, the, um, with the early day cocooning, yeah, yeah. all of that, yeah, Jesus. Um You know, so uh, yeah, we it 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 it, it was how uh, um, our confidence was. Um, uh, very much negatively affected. We were scared. This was new to us. We didn't know how how did this happen? How did the world suddenly be a different place? Yeah, and suddenly we didn't feel secure in anything yeah. we, we were yeah. doing. And then yeah. how was somebody's sense of identity? How was that altered? Well, like what we were used to living our lives. Um, you know, we... We booked a table at a restaurant. We went for a night out. Um, gone. Couldn't do it. Um, which was kind of amazing. Um, cinema. Uh, you know, one would have a look at what's on. And, uh, yeah, look, come here. We might have a look at that one. We'll, we'll, we'll go there so on Wednesday night. Gone. Uh, one of the biggest ones of all was the travel. I mean, to be told you couldn't go more than 5K from your home. Mm. You know, we had never in our whole lives, not alone, not had an experience of that, but we never even imagined 
that that could happen. That you would be told you cannot go more than five kilometres from your front door. I, I mean, uh, that is our sense, I think, of identity. Like, um, our whole sense of freedom was gone. Um, uh, so we, well, we had to adjust to it, but it wasn't easy. And um, then there was this working remotely and learning remotely for um, school-going uh, people and, uh, and and college students. Um, uh, people got used to Zoom. People were working remotely. Um, uh, that was new to us. It was certainly new to me anyway. And, um, it's new to, it's uh, new to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, it has had consequences, I think, that will stay with us. I saw there where Deutsche Bank are um, uh, moving 450 employees uh, from Dublin or in Dublin. Um, uh, locally, for example, um, Bank of Ireland have cl- are closing their um, uh, Kentork and um, Mill Street offices. Um, you know, that was part of the culture, part of the community, part of the society. Um, you know, you could actually walk into the bank and talk to a real person. But I think the way that the remote working uh, kind of uh, caught on, as it were, the more I think that management um, in some of these very, very big companies uh, realized um well, quite frankly, realised um, we can really cut costs because we don't need all these people. And um, uh, then you had the likes of Gap in in Cork gone, Debenhams gone. Um, uh, you know that uh, retail, um, the high street, as it's called, um, uh, you know, online seems to be getting to be much more used. So that, that again, I mean, I think it affects our, our sense of identity. Um, you know, um, we, we, we chatted with people, we went into real buildings, and we spoke with real people, and now that's gone to a great degree. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're being pushed, pushed, pushed online about everything, really. Um, it's, I find it scary. Um, yeah, you know, like, a, like a listener saying, um, could you ask Joe, I, I live with my siblings and during the whole pandemic, they were terrified and they stopped me going out. And now I find I'm in the situation that I now don't want to talk to other people. And that's exactly what it is. It's you've got so used to staying at home. You've lost that. How do you connect with people? You've lost that. What we've been talking about security in the outside world, but also losing that sense of of identity. And you also, I mean, you, a sense of belonging has been altered. Indeed, it has. Um, I mean, uh, you 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 had people uh, looking in a window um, at loved ones in nursing homes. Um, you had these uh, terrifying stories, really, of. Um, people passing away with their loved ones looking in through the window. We'll never um, get over that. No, it, it was something we Dreadful. never thought we'd Dreadful. see, ever. Um, I mean, wow, that's... Um, oh, that's... Uh, it, <laughs> there's no point in saying it doesn't bear thinking about because it actually happened. Yeah. Yeah, 
yeah, we couldn't visit loved ones. Um, you know, um, uh, there were people that we would have loved to have visited um, back in the last year and a half. Uh, maybe some people who weren't feeling great. And um, no, impossible. So our sense of belonging um, was seriously um, adversely uh, affected. On the other hand, with that then, our sense of belonging was enhanced when communities got together and um, where people um, helped out. Um, I, 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 I remember mentioning to you particularly um, uh, the post person here in Boherby, Nora, um, who, you know, was fantastic. Um, anything you wanted, anytime, no problem, I'll get that. Mm. You know, which was great. So the, it kind of enhanced one area of belonging. And, and and it hit another. Yeah, there were. You listen, absolutely. There were there were some positives. Our sense of purpose was altered. Yeah. Well, you, you see, I, there wasn't much point in making plans because um, you knew that um, they 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 couldn't be brought to fruition anyway. Um, uh, you know, I I I suppose that a lot of people who were due to do their leaving cert might have decided that they would repeat the leaving cert year until things got back to something like normal, that they could walk into an exam hall and sit down and do their leaving cert. Um, uh, So there was a year of um, uh, uh, planning uh, ahead, uh, postponed, so our sense of purpose would have been yeah. We could nobody was able to plan for for anything, and then competence. Yeah, but to go back to the purpose for a second, I mean things are returning a little bit now. Some of the news is a bit grim, but um, you know uh, we we booked a couple of nights now on the Aran Islands in Inishmore, Brilliant. and um, like we wouldn't, well we couldn't, and we wouldn't uh, have done that um, six months ago. So there's a little bit coming back to please God. Mm. Yeah, and, and yeah, the the sense of confidence. Um, well, we realized, I suppose, Patricia, that um, a little bug, a little bloody invisible bug, um, stopped the whole world. Um, which is, uh, I mean, if you read it in a science fiction novel, you'd say that's a bit over the top, but it happened. And um, I think we realise just how vulnerable we are. And I saw a really good documentary on the making of the vaccines and one of the people responsible for, I think it was making one of the AstraZeneca, it was all the different vaccines around the world was featured in the documentary, but it was, I think it was the person from the AstraZeneca was, was making the point that suddenly we were faced with a virus that started in in this case it was Wuhan in China and within 24 hours it was capable of getting right around the world that's what we that's what we were faced with and that's what we have been faced with and that's yeah. what we've that's what we've been living with that's the reality it's no wonder our sense of competence has in some way been uh, altered but we've yeah. we've adjusted and we are well adjusting. we have you see I mean the human ingenuity that was brought to bear that very programme that you referred to there I mean People got cracking and, um, um, you know, great scientific minds were brought to bear on these vaccines. I mean, at the start, we were told two or three years to develop a vaccine. It can't be done quicker. And it was done in 
you know, the 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 scientists uh, were amazed at the fact that within, I think, within a year, there was a vaccine, mm. and um, so I mean, um, as the fellow says, there's hope for us yet. Um, we 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 we're still standing. Um, someone, um, so, uh, someone has sent in an interesting text saying, Patricia, David Attenborough, the wonderful David Attenborough said, it's no longer survival of the fittest, but those who adapt will survive. And that's what we all have to learn to do. We're adapting to the new world. Yes, yes. And we'll have to learn, um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to look at our resilience. In, in fact, now that that, I, that just came off the top of my head there, we might talk about... Um, the 10 factors that um, enhance resilience uh, next week because um, we, need, we need to be resilient. Um, we need to uh, keep our bodies and our mental health um, uh, together until, please God, one day we'll walk out of this darkness um, into the dawn of a new, um, a better maybe world where... Um, where where the war with the virus will have been won. Yeah, and we're getting there. Over 50% of the population now vaccinated, 70% with their first. We're getting there. We are. We, we are, are. We shall overcome. We, we shall, shall overcome. overcome. All right, Someday. listen, yeah. have a great week and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. And uh, the same. Pleasure as always. Thanks a million. Joe Heffernan right, runs. Bye bye. Counseling practice in Boho Boys. Numbers 0878348145. Let me get a quick couple of lots of my apologies. We didn't get to all your texts and your comments today. We were talking about car meetups and people doing wheelies and donuts on the roads. Um, I've not seen, this is Eileen, I've not seen any of those donut marks in my area of North Cork recently. We used to be plagued with them over the years. They've obviously stopped doing them in uh, my her area of North Cork. Well done. Eileen Fidelman McCroom says the noise from those cars at night is just so loud it's frightening it must be extremely frightening if you are living on your own Mary in Dunmanway says the band inside of Dunmanway near Manch there are those donut marks from the tyres on the roads it's just beyond the graveyard they're always in that area racing Liz says not going to the pub is no excuse for saying it's okay for them to park in petrol course that was somebody saying could they could be worse they could be in the uh, pubs and this is one um, for tomorrow's if anybody can help us with this one uh, Georgian and Churchfield got a smear test on the 7th of April and is still waiting on results she did manage to get through to the HSE the HSE say they've been inundated but they promised her results yesterday nobody called her back and she's wondering is anybody else waiting an excessively long period of time 7th of April and where are we into July for smear results if anybody can let us know how long you're waiting that's where I leave you for today thanks to uh, John Paul Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon back with you tomorrow with Ten and I'm Trish Good afternoon. Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurances Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 